Simple Pen Podcast. Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey everyone, so today I have Kristen Doyle from dineanddish.net and she is just a delightful person, a former client and someone that I would like to talk a little bit about why she gave up on Pinterest. I think it's a really interesting story and she is a longtime blogger with lots of wisdom. So welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kate. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's so fun. I'm just excited to chat with you and, you know, catch up because we, Kristen and I, have met in real life at um, Indulge Con here in Portland recently in April. We had a delicious meal at Cheryl's, which I need to go back to because they had several good things. But um, Kristen's also a former client of mine. You were with us for like a year. Uh And um, we'll get to that in just a little bit. But first... I would like you to just tell people a little bit about you, who you are, how you've been blogging for ages and years. You're a dinosaur blogger, isn't that what you I, I call yourself? myself a dinosaur blogger. Yes, I was blogging before people knew what blogs were. In fact, right before, like right before I started blogging, um, I was in a like one of those custom like market research surveys and they were like do you read blogs and I'm like what is a blog like what are they talking about and then I started a blogger I started becoming a blogger and now it's my career so and didn't you this is a tiny piece of information I think I heard you say but didn't you start blogging at the same time as pioneer woman yeah yes I always joke about that like there's pioneer woman who's you know created an empire. And then there's Austin with Dine and Dish who hasn't. But um, yeah, we started blogging the same month and year. Wow. We've both been blogging for 10 years. Okay. Well, there's your claim to fame right there. Yes, exactly. You started blogging at the same time as Pioneer Woman. I love it. Okay. So I'll let you take the floor. So tell us a little bit about you. So um, I'm a mom of four. I have um, been blogging, like I said, for 10 years. And I started Dine and Dish uh, after my third kid was born in an attempt to stay in touch with my parents who had had been living close to us and they moved 16 hours away. And so my initial thought when I started my blog was that I would just share pictures and, you know, the things that you would share that they would get to see if they were here. But since they weren't, um, I would update my blog with pictures. And then it started kind of turning into more like within a month, like I totally changed from babies to food. And um, I started my background is actually in human resources and recruiting. And so I was also working from home as a recruiter on top of blogging, but back then it was just a hobby. But I was a member of a forum on what used to be recipesare.com. It's now food.com. And okay. it it was during the time when they started wanting photos with the, the user submitted recipes. And so there, there was this forum, that a photography forum that we would all like share the photos that we took and critique each other. You know, it was just fun. I never had done any kind of photography ever, but I just kept getting better and better and realized how much I really enjoyed the combination of cooking and photography. And so I then that's how Dine and Dish kind of turned into a food and lifestyle blog as I kind of combined all of that into one and that kind of thing. So 
Okay, so was it always called Dine and Dish? It was. It was. And people always ask me how I came up with that name. Yeah. And I cannot remember. I cannot remember at all. Um, but I'm, I like it and I'm glad I did. I've never had a, I've never had any regrets about the name. And I know you're a .net. Yes. So was there a reason you don't have a .com? Yes. Um, so I used to be, I started out on Squarespace and, oh, uh, okay. yeah, and I had this, oh, God awful, ugly, like pink and brown polka dotted blog. And Which we all thought was cute back of then, course, right? Of course that was how the look. So precious. Yes. But, um, and when I, and so I think I was on Squarespace for maybe two years before I bought my own domain. Cause I didn't know, you know, nobody knew anything about any nobody of that. Knew. And so it's yeah. all very confusing and dineanddish.com has been held and squatted on by a consulting oh. company for oh. since like forever. And, um, it would cost me like $45,000, I think to buy it or something crazy oh, like that, which dine and dish.net has worked just fine. So. Right. Okay. Well, yes, that's a good story. And I, I, as I was thinking, you were talking about that. I realized that I started a blog 10 years ago as well Mm -hmm. when my kids were little and you know, it was just some blogger and everybody was like, that's, you just were so excited to pick the name, but you never thought of domains. Right. You know, you got dot blogspot dot whatever. Right. So. And I feel like some of the, some of the most, um, popular bloggers I know are on .NETs. And I even, like my friend Bridget with Bake at 350 is still on Blogspot, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. and she's extremely successful. And so, you know, if you've been around long enough, um, mm-hmm. I think people, people will figure it out. Well, isn't Tish um, Oxenrider of the simple, the art of simple? Yep. She's a .NET. She too. is. She is. Tidymom.net. Um, there's, there's a lot of us. True. So the .NET is not, it doesn't exclude you. I don't. It just makes you more awesome. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like it just makes me stand out. (laughs) So then let's talk about how Pinterest came into the fold because you were blogging long before Pinterest. I guess that would be Pinterest is about six years old. Yeah. Yeah. About four years in. So is Pinterest six years old? Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was, I was late to the Pinterest bandwagon. I was not, um, I'm usually a really early adapter of things like Twitter. I got on really early um, and, you know, Instagram, Facebook, but Pinterest, I, for some reason, it's like the concept of Pinterest is right up my alley. I'm a big like vision board person and bulletin pull and I would cut things out of magazines all the time and clip recipes. And so having a visual place to store that all seemed like the most brilliant thing. And so I was on it as a, on a personal level. Um, just, you know, playing around with it and things, but I never, it, it took me a while to understand that the, the importance for a, a brand or a blog or a business to be on it. And so I was a little late to the Pinterest game as far as doing it for my blog. And did you, it, when you started to think about the whole business part, was that when you had contacted me, like kind of before that, I think that was early two thousand. 14, yeah. 15, going into that year. Oh, so, is that when I, you feel like you started to think about it? Actually, no, I started to think about it before and I had a viral tag account with a, gr- a group of bloggers. Oh, and I, here's my thing. I, I blog, I work, I have my own business because I want the flexibility of being able to stay at home with my kids and raise my children and, and things like that. And so 
I was trying to do Pinterest by myself and trying to keep up with what I saw that everybody else was doing as far as pinning and schedule. Well, you know, even then, like viral tag was different than Tailwind in the fact that you just, if I remember right, you just, you just schedule, but it's not as flexible. Yes. You just, yeah, you had to select a time and a yeah, day so and all that kind of stuff. It felt more time consuming to me. And so I was, you know, trying to keep up all with, with all that, plus my four kids, plus you know, keep my clients happy on my blog and, you know, my freelancing work and things like that. And when I contacted you, it was because I was just overwhelmed with, I I don't, Pinterest is not my favorite, not because, not because of the platform or anything. I just, I didn't enjoy spending time on that. And I have a really hard time um, justifying what my Mm -hmm. purpose is with spending time on things that I don't want to do. Yes. And I, I think that's what I, I love about this process that kind of started, you know, you had hired us and we had worked with your account and we didn't see a lot of movement. And one, one thing that I really noticed with your account, which was very interesting is you had these really powerful group boards because mm-hmm. you had lots of great connections and community and I had really focused a lot of effort there And then at the same time, we also saw group boards kind of lose their luster, which was very frustrating as well. And so we we kind of saw this for us. It was a good learning lesson about the importance of like personal boards and really focusing back on that. And at the same time, I think it all kind of came into, you know, you had been with us a year and you came to me and you're like, I think I'm just, I'm just done. And so talk a little bit about like your realization of, like no longer really putting effort into Pinterest. So I felt like um, even though it was such a relief to have you guys take over Pinterest for me, I felt like it wasn't important enough for me to continue paying for it to be done. Um, And I see all these, I see all these bloggers kind of fall into the trap of, of just shelling out money, you know, and it took me, it took me a good year to evaluate where I wanted to spend the money that I was investing on my blog. And I just felt like Pinterest for me wasn't something that was as important to me because for me, and you know, we can talk about this in a little bit, but I went through this whole thing of what is my, what is my why? Like, why did Mm -hmm. I start blogging? And as somebody who's been blogging for 10 years, going back 10 years ago and saying, why did I start blogging? Well, for me, it was connection. And that was at that time with my family but then over the years, it became the storytelling and the connecting with my readers in that manner. And not that you can't connect with readers on Pinterest, but I found that the readers, the people who are coming from Pinterest were just coming for the recipe. They weren't coming for the stories. They weren't coming for the engagement or the connection. And mm-hmm. so I was investing money, although it was bringing me traffic, I was investing money in something that didn't really connect back to my why. And I, I think I really like how you said that too, because, you know, we always hope that the people come to your website and they connect with you and they fold in, but you had a really good realization that they just weren't, that they weren't becoming your ideal, um, reader follower. And you're very much, what I love about you is you love your community. Well, you know, like wherever your, whenever I see you kind of operate in these groups, like there's such huge respect for you because you are such a great connector of people. You're a networker and you just make everybody feel really included. And I appreciate that about you. And I think that 
is probably what you're wanting to experience as these people were all coming in and they were leaving. You're like, no, wait, right, right. I really want you to hang out with me because because that's I what I like each other. Right. That's what I'm all about is I, you know, I've never been one to follow my stats very closely. In fact, I haven't looked at my stats in months. So I'm, a, yeah. I always call myself a fake business owner because I know, I know that's important, but to me, it's not, it's not what drives me. It's not what makes me happy. And it's not what motivates me to do better. What motivates me to do better are the emails that come in or the comments left on the blog or the people who say, I made this for my family last night and it's going on our rotation forever. Or I really connected with the story that you wrote and you know, this is why and share very deep personal things. And so, yes, my blog has become a great financial resource for me as far as income, but that is not because of my, my traffic. It's because of the relationships I have with my clients and the relationships I have with my readers. Right. So at that point, you know, we decided that it was good for you to step back and you kind of quote unquote gave up on Pinterest, I, um, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I still, I mean, I still like, I have the tailwind account that I had with you and, yes. um, I still use that. I haven't, and I haven't really this summer, but, um, in the fall and in the school year when my kids aren't home, I, I did, I would spend a chunk of time, you know, scheduling pins and doing that and, but I did it more authentically. I don't, be, I don't belong to any sharing groups um, for Pinterest or face, for any sharing groups, period. Um, again, because that's not how I want to spend my time. I want to I visit the blogs that I want to visit and I want to, you know, share stuff authentically and things like that. I, I, I don't want to spend the precious time I have with no kids at home doing things I don't want to do. And I understand right. as a business owner, I, I do understand, like I have to, I have to do my taxes. I have to do things I don't right. want to do, Yes, but I yes. have some control over where my time is spent. Well, and I'm wondering when you made that decision to stop kind of not investing or giving up, like, I don't want to paint that impression of you that you just kind of threw in the towel and it's good that you clarified that. But when you kind of, um, loosened the expectation Maybe that's a better that's way, a, to way to say it. Yep. How do you feel like you, um, how did you feel after you, you made those dis- business decisions and went into kind of that first part of this year, 2016 with a new focus? So I personally felt great about it. I feel like, um, I was getting so caught up in the, what I should do instead of, um, what I should do because everybody else is doing it versus what I know I need to do and what I want Mm -hmm. to do. And for me, being able to focus more time on, on creating content versus scheduling pins and scheduling Facebook posts and things like that, it just makes me happier and it makes me more motivated and less dragged down. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's a good lead in to what you had said just a couple minutes ago, you kind of went back to that, what's my why? Mm -hmm. And you kind of, you talked about that at the closing keynote, yeah. you know, at indulge when you had spoken there when we had met. So can you talk a little bit about that? What is your why? So my why is, is definitely connection. And I feel, um, one of my big things is, you know, I think, I think what kind of blog would, would we have if we didn't have a, a life to blog about is, is kind of my whole, like what keeps me focused. If I am spending all my time at my computer scheduling pins or, you know, Facebook posts and 
and that kind of thing. I can't, I can't experience things to have anything good to write about. And I mean, I guess I could write about how fun it is to schedule stuff. That's, that's not what I would want. <laughs> you wouldn't get very far right, with that, right? right? Nobody would come read One blog post. Yeah. But um, I feel like, I just feel like it's, it's hard as a blogger to go a different direction than what everybody else is doing. And I, I feel very nervous about getting left behind because of the choices I make. But what I've discovered over the past year is that's not happening. You know, I'm, I've, things have stayed steady. I've seen growth in different areas. Um, I've made the same, I've made more money. I made more money last year than I did in the entire nine years, you know, prior. Wow. Um, just because I was able to focus on what was, what I was good at and what I enjoyed doing. And so I was more motivated. I wasn't feeling like dragged down by the pressures of all the things I thought I should be doing and that everybody else was doing. Yeah. There's a lot of shoulds, right? There is. is. That land in your inbox or you see when you scroll through Facebook and the targeted ads to you as a blogger. And that can be really overwhelming. It can be. And it's, um, you know, I, I manage a Facebook bloggers group, um, a very, very energetic go-getter bloggers. And Mm -hmm. I am one of the two moderators of that group. And so I see, I see where all the people who've been blogging for a couple of years are going with their blogs and that's great for them. And I'm happy for them, but I just need to know that's not what's right for me. Right. I think everybody needs to determine that. Like what is what, again, what is your, why, what's your purpose in blogging? What are you, you can't, I mean, it's fine to invest money back into your business. That's something everybody should do, but you need to make sure that whatever you're investing in somehow connects back to what your purpose is. Otherwise you're just throwing money away. Which is really easy in this day and age. I mean, I know, you know, I have a course, I have two courses, but I don't expect that it's a course that's built for everyone or that everybody should spend their money and but that's kind of what's out there. I mean, you could buy courses every day of the week and never actually look at any of them, but you've just spent a bunch of money. I do that often. And not, yeah. Oh, and I do too, right? Like, I'm, I'm a sucker for any I webinar. Too. I, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, at the end, I'm like, oh, man, I should buy this. And thankfully, I have someone I need to run it past right. before I actually pull the trigger. But um, I think your advice is really good, especially for somebody who, you know, in this newer blog era, maybe has started blogging within the last four years. You know, like you said, when blogging was starting 10 years ago, there was never this idea that it was a business. It was just a hobby. It was like a new online journal that everybody could have access to. And now there's so much intensity when it comes to social media, when it comes to um, producing, producing, producing that it's really hard to sift through and ask those questions that you just asked, like, what is my why? You know, what do I want this business to be about? Like, how do I, what do we want to invest in? Right. Right. And um, I, yeah. I think that um, I completely agree with what you're saying. And one of the best things about hiring you when I did hire you is that I, I had the money at the time to do it and it relieved me from that responsibility. And so, you know, if somebody, if Pinterest is extremely important to someone and, you know, I, I don't, I don't think my recipes are like Pinterest recipes. I never did the collages. I never did like huge text on my recipe. You know, I didn't, I didn't do the things that 
pinners like. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, that was just in my style and how I chose to do things. But if right. there's someone who, you know, dreads Pinterest, but realizes that Pinterest is 90% of their traffic or something like that, then, mm-hmm. but they don't have the time to do it, then hiring it out is the best thing ever because yeah. it gives you the peace of mind to focus on the Mm -hmm. things that you do want to do while you grow that part of your business. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you. And we get a lot of people who come to us and they say, you know, I really, I need to make this important, but I need to create content. Mm -hmm. And that's what Mm -hmm. we started as a company in the beginning. I saw these bloggers who were spending so much time on so many different areas of their business. And I wanted to relieve that. Yes. Like, let me take this piece off your plate. Because I know you can create great content. I know you can take beautiful pictures, but you want to spend an hour and a half pinning, or do you want to spend an hour and a half creating a recipe and creating a post that's eventually going to make you money? Exactly. Exactly. And that is, that's key right there is really being strategic about your time and your money. Well, and it's also, I, I, I feel like people just, again, we've talked about, um, we've talked about this before, but just doing things just because it's what every, everyone else is doing. For example, Facebook, you know, there are people who are spending time scheduling a Facebook post for every hour. You know, my audience, if I did a Facebook post every hour, they would revolt and leave me. I mean, like they, so you have to know your audience. You have to know, you you know, what's going to click with them, what's going to be important to them. And you also have to see the return on the investment. Like if, you know, if I have 3000 clicks coming over a day from Facebook, you know, then Mm -hmm. maybe I would consider that, you know, something worth investing a ton of time in or, you know, um, but a lot of people just do it and then they don't look at the results to see if what they're spending their time on is, you know, is worth all the effort. Well, and I, I think that's also another really good question for people to ask themselves um, is, or I guess an observation, and you said it really well, actually a couple of minutes ago, is focusing back on what you love and enjoy. You know, you, you said the thing about your photography, you know, you're not going to do the collage pins, big text, all that stuff. That's not you. And I think there's value in that because your readers identify with your pictures. They're very you know, branded, if you will, it's not like, I don't know if you did that intentionally, but like I can pick out a dine and dish photo pretty easily because of, I, I guess I just can probably because we managed right, right, right. for a year. But, um, what I love though, is that you didn't try to go the way of creating a bunch of collages. And I get asked that a lot. That's probably one of the biggest questions that I get in Facebook groups or emails is, should I do the long pin? You know, I heard it was awesome. Should I do it? And I tell people like, only do it if you, you know, really want to do it. You like the look of it and you, you know, want to invest the time. But if you don't, that's okay. And the same being, you know, with creating your Pinterest boards, if you don't want an inspirational quotes board, don't have one. You know, there was this whole idea before that you needed to create one of everything because that's what Pinterest like. But what about creating what you love? And what you enjoy. I mean, I talked to somebody yesterday in a consult and she said, I hate my page. You know, I hate what's on there. It's not me. And I said, okay, well, let's make it you. Right. And her, she kind of had this resistance of, but, but isn't that what I'm not supposed to do? And I said, well, we're going to throw that out. Right. Like, let's be you and be who your audience wants you to be instead I, of. 
I love that so much. I mean, that's, that's so true, especially if this is going to be our job, what we're doing needs to fulfill Mm -hmm. us and it needs to connect back to who we are or else we're not going to identify with it and we're going to get burnout super fast and we're not going to find any joy in our work at all, which to me is, I think, I think blogging is one of the best professions ever because we, it should be something that brings us joy. It shouldn't be, this is just a moneymaker, you know, to me, it should be something that it's a legacy that we're leaving behind for generations to come and they can come back and look and see what our lives were like. And that should, you know, that should make us happy. But if it's all business and a business Mm -hmm. that doesn't identify with our, our true self at all, then I just, I just don't see how that can be sustaining long-term. Yes. Agreed. And so I think for anybody listening, as we've been going through this, if you're thinking about Pinterest and you're thinking about your boards, try to find a way to make it you to be personal again, to gain a little piece back of yourself that maybe if you're feeling like you've lost it, that you can go back in there and start to create this little space that says it's you and this is what you love. And even on your blog too, which I think you have a few great examples that I love that have come out over the last, you know, since you kind of made this decision in 2016 to kind of go full into what your why is yeah. and what makes you happy. And so you have the rock your happy newsletter. I do. I do. Which I love. So talk a little bit about that. So I've always had a focus on happiness since reading Gretchen Rubin's The Happiness Project way back when. I don't even know when that came out, but that book, that book resonated so much with me, especially as a mother of at that time, really young children. My husband traveled all the time. I was just in the trenches. As you know, you are. I mean, yeah. I was where you are. Yeah. And you the just the, the lack of focus on myself and my happiness went out the window because I was raising these little babies and I just, you know, was working full time plus blogging and doing all that. And I decided at that time after reading that, that maybe being selfish selfish is probably not the the most positive word but i think women and men i mean everybody deserves to be selfish with their happiness and we deserve to make sure that we do things every single day that lead back to you know what makes us happy because when we're happy you know when we're happy the whole everybody, everybody else, else, else is happy and i know that's <laughs> yeah. cliche but it's it's the absolute no, truth it's, it's the absolute truth And so um, I used to do these posts on my blog called um, The Happiness Report. And they were just regular posts where I would just list, you know, or share things that made me happy that week. And then the whole um, trend towards building your newsletter list came about. And I feel the biggest guilt sending people emails because I know that my email box is always out of control. Like it's Mm -hmm. email stresses me out because I just feel like I always receive so many and then I always feel guilty sending people emails because I'm like, gosh, this is just adding, you know, something of burden to them. So I wanted to make sure that when I created an email newsletter, that it was something of value to people so that when they received it in their inbox, it wasn't something that made them roll their eyes or, you know, Mm, delete immediately. I wanted it to be something that people resonated with and that would maybe add a little happiness, you know, to their week and that kind of thing. So that's where the Rock Your Happy newsletter came from. Um, 
and it's and then you started diving into Snapchat too. Yes, yes. You taught me how to use yeah, it. I did. I did. <laughs> I'm still resisting. Uh, I'm still confused. Well, so Snapchat has kind of um, changed changed a lot of things for me, which I never thought I would say. I started using mm-hmm. it. A, a little less than a year ago and was extremely resistant at first. I'm like, I just didn't understand the point, the purpose, you know, why can't we yeah, just, why I can't we just you. text people pictures or, you know, I just <laughs> yeah. didn't understand it. And, Isn't it just the teenager app? Right. That's what right. I and say. you know, it's, it's like the app that you, everybody says, don't let your kids get Snapchat. Well, things have changed yes. now with the, uh, with the addition of Snap, Snapchat stories, which has come out right. in the last year or so. And, um, I, again, I wasn't quite getting it until one day last fall, I sat down with my phone and I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do a Snapchat story. Like I'm having coffee with the people watching. And so I did what I called coffee talk where I just chatted about like current events and, um, you know, what was going on in my life. And then I would ask like a get to know you question. And I got, I got more snaps back after that than ever. And Mm. people were like, you need to keep doing this. And so it's become a um, something I do every Monday through Thursday, and then on Fridays I have someone else take over my Snapchat coffee talk. But it's wow. and then it's now turned into what will soon be a podcast that I'm okay. Yes, I'm excited for that podcast. Will it be called the Rock Your Happy Podcast? No, so it's it's so it's called it's random. It's called Two Handed Coffee Talk. Oh, that's right. Okay. And basically the whole concept behind two-handed coffee talk is when you're holding your coffee with coffee or tea or whatever you're holding with your beer, whatever, um, yeah. with two hands, you're, you're less likely to be distracted. So you're not, mm-hmm. you know, messing with your phone, whatever, and you're more connected to the people at the table or the people you're talking to. So. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I do count, go on and watch your snaps. I do have to say that um, I've become a little bit of a Snapchat lurker, uh, not really a user. Yes, there's a, lot but of, there's a lot of you out there. Yes, there is. And I can appreciate that it is a little bit of a peek into people's lives. I do have to say I wish the snaps were longer. Yes. I want them to be like a little video. Like the, yeah. the 15 seconds is just like, oh, you got me started in this peak and right, valley. Right. You know. Yeah, it is. Um, well, and that's what I've had the biggest challenge with is the timing of, because I do, I do probably 20 snaps in a row for my coffee talk and I try not to go over 20. Sometimes I do, but sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more, but usually I try to stick around 20, but trying to get that like, consistent flow of conversation mm-hmm. in 20, 10 second snaps is not simple. No. Have you ever t- thought about Facebook live? So I have, I have thought about Facebook live, um, but again, it's a different audience. I feel, I feel like True. it's a different audience and I don't, I don't know if they'd resonate with it. It's, it's really like taken off on Snapchat. Like coffee talk is just, it fits the platform really well. I don't know why. Yeah. And that's, you know, I know we're not talking about Snapchat, but no, it's okay. I think that's that, good. I think it's the one thing with Snapchat is for it to be something of value to you, and to your, I guess, watchers. Is that what they'd be? People, I people, know. Just kind of snappers. Snappers. <laughs> Snappy. Yeah. <laughs> Snapples. Um, is to find, to find your thing. You know, find something that you're mm-hmm. passionate about and turn it into a series of either, you know, a weekly series, a daily series. 
you know, something that people can be like, oh, you know, I know, I know her because she does, you know, this great like behind the scenes tutorials on how to use Pinterest, you know, mm, on Snapchat. Yeah. Or I know her because she does recipes and hmm. yeah, that's a that's a good thing to think about. And even as you're talking, I'm just thinking, you know, that's kind of I do spend a lot of time on Pinterest and actually Facebook as a result, but um, of my community being there, but I. My challenge maybe for myself as we're talking through this is I wonder if that can happen on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder if that kind of community engagement maybe around like a board or mm-hmm. a chat on Pinterest would work. And maybe I'm giving myself that challenge right now as we're talking. But I it's Facebook or not Facebook, but Pinterest is kind of that platform for introverts. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because nobody has, nobody talks or anything like that, which is hard if you need that community and extroverted chatting right. to, um, get that to go. But I, I wonder if it's possible. I don't know. I, you Maybe know what? It, it's worth the try. And I think I was, I'm speaking at a conference, um, in a couple of weeks about Snapchat and we just had our, our planning meeting this morning. And one of the things that we talked about was the people that we really, really engage with on Snapchat are the people who show their face, the people who, Mm. you know, which is a challenge for a lot of people. That's intimidating. And I remember the first time I did it, it was extremely intimidating, but again, you have to know your audience. And I, my Facebook audience is completely different than my Snapchat audience. It's completely different than my Twitter Mm -hmm. audience. It's just an additional way to reach people, um, who, you know, who you may not reach on those other platforms. Yeah. And I, I love that. So, while we're, um, let's end on that. Cause I think that's a good place okay. to tell people where they can go to engage with you and what's your name on Snapchat, because let's start there. Okay. I'm Diane Dish everywhere. So that's, that's the lucky thing about having the same username for 10 years is yeah. I, I've got them all. So, uh, yes. it's just a D I N E A N D I S H and uh, my website's dineanddish.net. Great. Well, I hope that everybody goes and sign up, signs up for your Rock Your Happy newsletter and checks you out on Snapchat. And I just appreciate you taking the time to talk a little bit about your journey with Pinterest and blogging and what that has been for you over these last 10 years. And I hope that somebody took away just a little piece of information that they can take and apply to their own business and how they can find their happy. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And I, I just, I mean, Pinterest and your, what your company does for people and, and releasing them of the, the time that it, it can take is amazing. So I think, you know, I think it's a great service. It just wasn't my priority. Right. Well, I appreciate that. It means a lot, Kristen. Absolutely. Talking with Kristen today presented a lot of good challenges to me. I want to make sure that I'm doing my business well, but I'm also finding joy and happiness in what I'm doing. Take a look at your Pinterest boards this week. Do the boards reflect you? Do you actually enjoy them? If not, take a little bit of time to clean them up and add in some boards that you really enjoy pinning to and pin more of that. You never know how that will resonate with your readers and help it you market your brand even more. For all the show notes and information, go to simplepinmedia.com slash 15. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I would love it if you would leave a review in iTunes.